Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! I am the voice of the voiceless. Do I have everybody's attention now? Sorry about your damn luck. I deserve one more match. It's going to be the end of the world as you know it. Welcome back, folks, to WrestleRant Radio for August 5th, 2014. I am your host, Graham GSM Matthews. Today, I'll be airing the second part of my two-part interview with my very good friend, John Nichols. Last week, we completely dissected the WWE Network. This week, we're talking about the ending of the streak at WrestleMania 30. We're talking about the split of the Shield, CM Punk leaving the WWE, and much, much more. So make sure to stay tuned for that in just a little bit. But before we get to that, we'll be talking about Monday Night Raw from last night, as well as a few news items. Um, but before we get to any of that, just want to announce that it will be at the TNA Impact Wrestling Tapings tomorrow night, August 6th, in New York, the Manhattan Center. Um, their last set of tapings were tremendous from what I've heard, from what I've seen on TV. Their Destination X show that aired last week on Impact was absolutely tremendous. I loved it. Aries versus Lashley, the Hardys versus uh, the Wolves for the TNA Tag Team titles. Both fantastic matches that I can't stress enough how excellent they were. So go back and check them out if you weren't able to see it live. But uh, that being said, though, those tapings set the standard for TNA shows going forward. And with this being my first ever TNA show, that's been on my bucket list for a very long time now. TNA rarely ever comes over to this part of the country, to the Connecticut area. Granted, the show is not in Connecticut, it's in New York, but it's the closest that TNA will ever get in the foreseeable future, and especially with the whole, you know, not being renewed by Spike TV thing, and the fact that their future is kind of in uh, doubt at the moment, I thought it would be the perfect time to get tickets, but I look forward to that, um, should be a great show if their last set of tapings in New York were any indication, so, uh, Here's hoping it's as good as the last set of tapings where I can, o- I can only say that, but I'm sure it'll be a very fun experience given the fact that it'll be my first ever TNA live show. So I look forward to that. Also, um, I went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy this past Sunday night, and this is not wrestling related, but it does feature Batista, so I did want to talk about this just very briefly. Um, but I did finally go see Guardians of the Galaxy this past Sunday night. Working at a movie theater, I was able to score free tickets to the show and free popcorn and free soda. So that's one of the perks of working at a movie theater. Um, but that being said, though, I thought it was a tremendous movie. I mean, people for months and months and months. And I've been looking forward to this movie for a long time now since it was initially announced. Not because I'm a comic book fan. And even though I'm not a comic book fan, I've seen the Iron Man movies. I've seen the Avengers, Captain America, all that kind of stuff. Um, I watch those movies just because they're awesome, not because I'm a big comic book guy. But that being said, though, I was looking forward to this movie specifically, not because I knew the lineage of the comics behind it or anything like that. I just wanted to go see it just because it starred Batista. And being the big Batista fan that I am, I figured I would support him in whatever he did and watching this movie. So a lot of people said going into it that it's going to bomb. It's going to be a big financial disappointment. It's going to suck. It's not going to be funny. So I didn't set my expectations all that high going into it, but after hearing the tremendous amount of success that it did over the weekend, 
box office wise. Um, I was pretty pumped for it, even more than I already was, and it definitely delivered, and more, and the more so, um, definitely exceeded my expectations in being an absolutely awesome movie. Can't suggest it enough for people to go check it out. Can't recommend it enough. Um, I thought it was a great flick. Batista in his role as Drax the Destroyer, I thought was great. There's been a few articles up on USA Today and a few other websites praising his performance in the movie, and rightfully so. I thought he was great, Batista, especially with this being one of his first a few movies. He's only done a few before this, and nothing ever really this big of a blockbuster obviously so with that in mind I thought he did great in his role I thought it was absolutely hilarious of a movie much funnier than I thought it was going to be and probably the funniest Marvel movie I've ever seen and um, that being said some people have said it was the best Marvel movie that they've ever seen I have to agree with that. Some people, the comic book people, will probably disagree, and rightfully so. I can I can name a few movies that were probably better than this one, but in my opinion, the movie that I enjoyed the most out of every Marvel movie that I've seen was this one. I thought Captain America 2 was fantastic. That comes close to beating out this one, but not quite. The Iron Man movies were good. Not a big fan of the Thor movies. The only movie that comes to my mind as being as good as this one was Avengers. And it's really up there because that was one of my favorite movies of 2012. But this movie, I can't recommend it enough. I thought it was hilarious. It had a lot of great action. A lot of... Uh, detailed in all the characters that were featured. Thanos, the villain, the main villain, not the uh, not Ronan uh, or Roman or whatever his name was. I think it was Ronan. Um, but that being said, though, he made a good villain. Thanos is the bigger villain in the bigger picture of the Marvel Universe um, with it being the main villain for the Avengers movie also. So by the end of the movie, I was really anticipating an eventual encounter between the Avengers and the Guardians of the Galaxy. So hopefully they incorporate that into the plot and the storylines at some point. Maybe not in Avengers 2, because I know that comes out next year and production has already begun. But um, hopefully for Avengers 3, which is rumored to be released in 2013... Like I said before, I'm not a big comic book guy, so a lot of the people that are may disagree with me here, but I thought it was a great movie. By far the best movie I've seen this thus, uh, thus far in 2014. Captain America 2 comes close, but from what I heard, this movie scored even more money than that one did, which I thought was a big surprise. But um, yeah, like I said before, go check it out at your local movie theater. Batista's performance was great, but then again, everyone in the cast was terrific as well. So great movie. Can't wait to go back and watch it again. Hopefully I can um, before I go back to school within the next month. But great movie. Go check it out when you get the chance. Up next, I want to briefly talk about this. Ricardo Rodriguez released from the WWE as of last Wednesday. Can't say I'm extremely surprised. WWE has done next to nothing with him since breaking away from Alberto Del Rio. Exactly a year ago from today, from when I filmed this, actually, because it was on August 5th, 2013, that they broke up the pairing of Del Rio and Ricardo after a three-year stint together on the main roster. And I thought those guys were great together. I was in the minority that when the two broke up, I thought it was going to be a good thing for Del Rio, because Ricardo Rodriguez, although he was the kind of pest heel for Del Rio and being his ring announcer and taking all the crazy bumps for him, that fans, after a while kind of felt sympathetic towards Ricardo and him being funny and stuff like that. So I thought it was going to be a, a matter of time before they broke him off as a babyface and Del Rio off on his own, who I thought was you know better off on his own and kind of evolving and taking away the cars and all that kind of stuff. But in the end, it bombed. Del Rio hasn't had any personality since. Ricardo had that terrible pairing with RVD for a while. The feud between RVD and Del Rio wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. The matches were good, but the feud itself was a disappointment. The whole Ricardo and RVD pairing completely bombed, and Ricardo really hasn't been on TV much since. I know he does the Spanish announce table, the Spanish uh, commentary is what he did for a while on pay-per-views and stuff. 
and also was a backstage announcer for you know overseas tours and the overseas shows and whatever broadcasts. But uh, aside from that, though, I thought he was doing well in his role on uh, Spanish commentary. Apparently, WWE didn't think so. I think it was kind of a mutual parting of the ways because Ricardo wanted to wrestle more. And um, he was done in NXT for a while. He has been for a few years as El Local. But um, he has been on NXT for the last few months as El Local and tagging with Kalisto. His, he didn't have the strongest of performances at the NXT TakeOver show when he and Kalisto took on the Ascension for the NXT Tag Team titles. Wasn't the best showing for Ricardo, but he is a very good wrestler. Um, more often than not, if you go back and check out his matches, you know, singles matches on NXT and elsewhere, I know he had a very big following before he came to the WWE, but um, even when he was Ricardo and just being the ring announcer that he was for Del Rio, I thought he was great in his role. Sad to see him go. Hopefully he can wrestle outside of the WWE on the indies or wherever else, but um, it sucks to see him go. I was kind of hoping that WWE would put them back together at some point because Del Rio has been floundering ever since, um, but that is no longer possible with Ricardo being gone. But um, here's hoping that he can achieve success outside of the WWE. And as the classic line goes, good luck in his future endeavors. Um, next news topic I wanted to touch upon real quick here was the announcing of the new WWE Network subscriber count as of last Thursday. The whole conference call, stuff like that. The number was announced to be 700,000, only up 33,000 from the 667,000 that was announced the night after WrestleMania. Numbers are a bit sketchy because that was at... That was as of the end of June. Um, I think the real number is actually 690,000. They've gained over well over 100,000 subscribers, but they also lost a lot of subscribers as well. So the number wasn't as strong as they were predicting. They had to lay a lot of people off. They had to lay off some NXT talents, a lot of whom I did not recognize. Slate Randall, I know, comes to mind. He was never on NXT TV, but he had a lot of potential from what I've seen. But um, for the most part, though... Um, not really a surprising number for the WWE Network, because in the last four months, and we talked about this, um, I, I talked about this with John on last week's podcast when I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, but we talked about this, that in the last four months since they announced the last subscriber number, what else have they really added to the WWE Network? Yes, you can say they've added the Clash of the Champions shows and Saturday Night Main Event, and they finally added every episode, and not just the 80s, they finally did that. And I know they have the pay-per-views, but since WrestleMania, we've only had Extreme Rules, Payback, Money in the Bank, and Battleground. And none of those paper, none of those pay-per-views are one of are among the big four. SummerSlam is coming up, so hopefully that boosts pay-per-view buys. Um, the WWE Network will be going worldwide starting next week. I think next Wednesday or Tuesday, August 12th, I think is the date. But that being said, though, um, yeah, next next Wednesday. Uh, yeah, today's Tuesday, so next Tuesday, yeah. Um, so that's great for everyone outside of the United States that does not have the network yet. The United Kingdom will be getting the WWE Network starting October 1st. And they're a big following of the WWE and wrestling as a whole, obviously, so that should boost up numbers. So I have no doubt they'll be able to hit 1 million by the end of the year. Um, but for just being the U.S. alone, I think that's a pretty good number, in my opinion. The key thing, and I know they... They tried to hit it home as mu as hard as they possibly could last night on Raw by continuously saying nine ninety nine the price and that's not the problem the price it's a it's an absolute steal they've been driving it home for months now the promotion of the WWE Network is not the issue like with TNA and their lack of self awareness the lack of promotion for the WWE Network isn't the problem they promote it like crazy on all the shows their websites via email they do it like crazy that's not the problem the problem 
is the lack of real content on the network. And I'm not complaining because I'm a person that loves the network. Go back and listen to last week's podcast if you don't believe me. Me and John sat down for an hour talking about how awesome the WWE Network is. I try to watch one pay-per-view a week from the network and all the live specials, main events, superstars, um, the countdown specials, WrestleMania Rewind, Legends of Wrestling. There's a lot of great stuff on the network. But none of it, it, it's not enough. They need to add more original content. Maybe they will when the Monday Night War show comes around, but it's kind of contradicting because the money that they need to produce, produce more shows for the WWE Network, like a Tough Enough or something along those lines, they're losing that money because of the network. So they can't add more content to the network in that respect. Because from what I've heard, I think the most expensive programming on the network are the shows, the reality shows like Legends House. So with that being said, um, here's hoping that within the next few months, if they want to get a stronger number for the network, they consider adding more content to the network that is exclusive to the network. Like someone suggested, you know, maybe doing um, a live stream for when Kenta got signed by WWE a few weeks ago. They didn't do anything on the network to cover that. I'm not saying they should film every house show that they do, because that will bring down the uh, house show sales and people can figure, oh, I don't have to go to the show because I could just watch it on the network and uh, stuff like that. But uh, maybe every once in a while, maybe when they go over to England, you can film a show or some of these tours that they do, something exclusive to the network. And yeah, sure, the Warrior Week and the Vicky Guerrero countdowns are cool and all, but that's not enough. They need to have more original content on the network that you can't find anywhere else because the live pay-per-views and the old pay-per-views as big of a selling point as that is, it's not enough. They need to have more original content because replays of Total Divas and new episodes of Legends House isn't going to cut it. But that being said, though, you know, being the big advocate of the network that I am, I love it, and I'll continue to subscribe. I won't unsubscribe. I won't uh, unrenew my uh, my subscription when it expires in a few months. But that being said, though, um, that's the biggest issue with the network. They just need to have more content. It's not the self-awareness. They can stop trying to shove it down our throats on Monday Night Raw, especially having it being promoted by the heel authority figure, Triple H. That didn't make much sense. Um, that was kind of a weird way to promote it, and it definitely... Um, it, it was worse than the than the app hype that they've <laughs> that they've had on the app that they've had for the app for the last couple of years, and that's and that's when you know it's bad. But um, that's the real problem with the network, and hopefully they can fix and improve upon that in coming months. So that being said, I'll move into my brief review of Monday Night Raw from last night, August fourth, two thousand fourteen, um, emanating from Texas, less than two weeks away from SummerSlam. That's Basically, much like last week, the show was focused on doing, was furthering the excitement for the show. I thought they succeeded in that respect. Um, Roman Reigns came out and interrupted the authority to kick off the show. I thought it was cool that we got the authority all in one ring at the same time for the first time in quite a while. Announcing stuff for SummerSlam, for Raw that night. Um, basically, a big infomercial for the WWE Network. And that's basically what the, the purpose that that segment served. Roman Reigns is crazy over. So that led in nicely to his last man standing match with Kane to kick off the show. And a surprisingly good matchup. Last man standing matches have a tendency to be hit or miss. They can either be extremely entertaining or really, really boring. Um, you know, just having fans sit there and watch a superstar try to beat the 10 count when you know they will can get tiresome after a while, but this matchup, the stipulation worked to Roman Reigns' and Kane's advantage for that uh, for that matter. Neither of them are two of the strongest workers. Reigns still needs some improvement, both on the mic and in the ring, but he's improved immensely over the last two years, 
and then Kane isn't really exactly what he is, what he used to be, um, but the two developed a very nice uh, sense of chemistry with one another over the course of the contest. The excitement from the crowd was very apparent. They were red hot for this contest, surprisingly enough. Roman Reigns went over, here's your victor, going into his match with uh, Randy Orton at SummerSlam, which I also thought has been very well built up. Um, surprisingly enough, I thought it would be a uh, bad idea to skip over Triple H versus Roman Reigns at the SummerSlam pay-per-view, and I think they're either saving that for Night of Champions, but at this point I might actually want to see it at Survivor Series instead. But uh, that being said, though, I still look forward to Roman Reigns at and versus Randy Orton at SummerSlam regardless. Up next, we had the awesome interviews with Brock Lesnar and John Cena. Now, with Brock Lesnar, his obviously his biggest strengths are not talking. That's his biggest weaknesses, if anything. And they did this... They, they took this approach a couple of years ago when he first came back, and they knew that he would not be on every Raw. So I believe it was on a Raw hailing from England, and it was the one Raw leading into Extreme Rules that he wasn't going to be on. So in that slot, they had him do this sit-down style interview that they would do back in, NX, in, in, in NXT, in the UFC, and they still do now, but they used to do it with Brock Lesnar, and this is where he th really thrives. And, um, you know, basically talk about his match with John Cena, why he's back, and that was a tremendous way of promoting his match with John Cena the first time going into Extreme Rules. They would do the same thing with Brock Lesnar about a year ago on uh, SmackDown, and I don't know if they ever aired the video package on Raw or what, but um, they did a great job with Brock Lesnar in the last time talking about it to the CM Punk. This video package wasn't just with Brock Lesnar this time, it was with John Cena also, who um, also delivered his lines very, very well, very believable in his role. John Cena is money when he's serious on the mic, and that's exactly what he was here. So this interview between the two superstars I thought was terrific. They got a, pulled a lot of cool clips together from their matches in the past, um, specific, specifically from 2012 and not any time before that, but... um. He's showing clips of Brock Lesnar breaking the streak, John Cena winning the championship, and Money in the Bank this year, his 15th World Championship. Um, just a great way of promoting their matchup with neither guy even being on the show. I mean, this is the way that it was years ago, when the champion wasn't on every show, and it meant more when the champion would eventually be back on the show. And I'm not saying it's in a Rock-like situation, I'm not comparing that whatsoever, because when Rock wasn't on the show, they didn't do anything like this whatsoever. Like, there was one Raw where they aired that awesome video package for Rock and Cena, and they weren't even featured in that night's Raw, but Rock missed so many shows that it was completely pointless for not him to be there, um, For I mean, for him to be champion and stuff like that. With John Cena and Lesnar, it's a completely different thing, because we know at one point John Cena will no longer be there to, you know, do the heavy lifting for Raw, I guess, in a way. Um, and I'm not saying that's anytime soon, but there will come a day where John Cena will, you know, not immediately, but slowly have to start to step down as the face of the company, and for the Raws that they won't have him there for, and I think he was backstage at last night's show, he might have been, he might not have been, I'm not exactly sure, but um, the video package they aired in its place, in, in, in place of him not being there, was tremendous, I thought it did a great job of building up their matchup for SummerSlam, built up my intrigue, and like I said before, this is the kind of environment that Brock Lesnar thrives in, because we haven't heard him talk hardly at all in the last two years, Paul Heyman, thankfully, has done most of the talking for him, but when it's in a pre-taped environment and they have the video packages, you know, airing over what he's about to say and stuff like that, bleeping out the cuss words, it comes off as much more impactful and believable. Like I said, an environment where Brock Lesnar absolutely shines, a great way to promote their main event, give it that big fight feel that it should and already does have, and this further, um, definitely furthered um, that emphasis on the big fight feel that this match already does have going into SummerSlam. 
the second biggest show of the year. And the best part about Brock Lesnar's promos is the fact that he's truthful. He sits there and says, yeah, I came back for the fucking money. I didn't come back because I love this place. I came back because I wanted to be champion. I wanted to be champion. I wanted to make money. Not because I love this, not for any other reason, just because I wanted to make money. And that's the honest to God truth. If you read Brock Lesnar's book, hear him do interviews, which is very far few between. You, you, talk, uh, you listen to hear Paul Heyman talk about it. He doesn't like wrestling, which is completely fine. If he's, As long as he's honest about it, that is completely fine. He is here for the money, and that's all he's here for, and he's, that's why he makes such a great heel, and that's why his promos, when he eventually cuts them, like in a sit-down interview like this, are that much better and that much more believable because they are truthful. It's who he is. It's not Brock Lesnar, the character. It's Brock Lesnar, the person, because the person is who he is inside the ring as well. So, great interview with Cena and Lesnar. Look forward to them both being on next week's show, as well as their awesome, epic SummerSlam matchup for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. So, also on the show, we had Adam Rose do a terrible promotion for the movie Oculus, which I heard actually did pretty well in terms of uh, reviews and stuff like that, which is um, very rare for a WWE Studios film. I know the only other film that got positive reviews, for the most part, was The Call, starring uh, Halle Berry and David Otunga from last year. But um, anyway, this was a terrible promotion for that movie. Adam Rose looking into the movie, looking into the, looking into the mirror, and um, expecting to see an evil version of himself, and it was just him standing in the suit. The segment had no real punchline. No one thought it was funny. It was just flat out stupid. And this is coming from a big rosebud, someone that has been a big rosebud since the Adam Rose character debut. And it's funny because I was initially angered by the fact that they were changing the Leo Kruger gimmick because I thought it was great as it was, and he was so believable in his role as Leo Kruger that I thought it was a mistake to veer away from that. And when he came onto NXT as Adam Rose... Um, I thought it was great, because he's so dedicated to the characters that he portrays that it's hard not to like him as Adam Rose. And some people may argue differently, and I'm still an Adam Rose fan, but for the most part, pretty much for the, for the entire part, um, the Adam Rose character has flopped on the main roster. I'm not saying they should turn him into Leo Kruger um, ASAP, maybe a little down the line, give it a little bit more time. I know he's been in the main roster for about three months, actually exactly three months from when I filmed this, and it's been a major flop so far, so probably the best thing they can do with the Adam Rose character at, the, at this point is scrap it and um, give him back his Leo Kruger persona. I don't even seeing that. I don't even see that being world championship material. But anything is better than what he's doing right now, which is nothing. And it's worth a shot. Some people have suggested maybe he do a mankind Mick Foley thing where he switches between the uh, the mankind and uh, I'm sorry, he switches between the Adam Rose and Leo Kruger personas. I could see that. It would be very intriguing. We haven't seen something like that in a very long time, like with. Mankind in uh, Mick Foley back in the Attitude Era, so I think it'd be a very intriguing idea. But the 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 appearance of Leo Kruger is much different than that of Adam Rose. Like some people told me, like that's Adam Rose. I I couldn't. I, I mean, that's Leo Kruger. I would have never guessed because his appearance has changed so much since from when he was Leo Kruger. I think he might have been a little bit heavier when he was Leo Kruger. I know he had a beard, so his appearance was a lot um, different when he was. Leo Kruger, and I don't know. It's not like he can grow a beard back within a minute and then uh, shave it off for Leo, for shave it off for Adam Rose. So even I'm mixing it up because they're so similar, but um, or so 180 actually, they're so opposite. But that being said, though, it's an intriguing idea. Being the rosebud that I am, um, even I would like to see that idea happen because the whole Adam Rose persona, that whole gimmick, is 
completely failed to get over on the main roster in the three months that it's been on the main roster. Which, like I said before, it's a shame. I think it's a lot of missed potential, a lot of untapped potential with the character. But they've booked, they've booked it so badly that there's really no going back on it at this point. So it's worth a shot to transform him into Leo Kruger. And I think this is a missed opportunity to do that with the whole Oculus promotion, the evil persona in the mirror. And this whole segment was stupid and pointless. But yeah, at some point, I would love to see them kind of uh, take that route of turning him into a Leo Kruger slash Mick Foley Mankind character where he could maybe even portray both at the same time. So just give it time, see where it goes. If it's still not getting over by year's end, and if it's if he's still not doing anything by the end of this year, then you can flip the switch and turn him into Leo Kruger and see what that does. So, other matches and segments on the show. Mark Henry returned, defeated Damian Sandow. I'm looking forward to what they do with Mark Henry going forward. Um, a pair of Beat the Clock Challenge matches featuring Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. Ambrose, oddly enough, wrestled a 15-minute match and beat the clock against Del Rio. Probably the longest Beat the Clock Challenge match I've ever seen. Um, so, that was interesting. A good matchup, but it was very strange for the matchup to go that long. And he's Slater, uh, Seth Rollins opponent in his Beat the Clock Challenge matchup, originally supposed to be RVD, who is back after a few-week hiatus, after taking some time off, after being injured, but um, Heath Slater surprisingly going over Seth Rollins, so I figured that once Dean Ambrose came out, but it was entertaining, a nice win for Heath Slater, and um, as I mentioned last night on Twitter, and I did some research, this marks Seth Rollins' first pinfall loss, or submission for that matter, since December of 2013, his last pinfall loss not only on Raw or SmackDown, pay-per-view, whatever, his first pinfall loss since his match against CM Punk on the December 30th edition of Monday Night Raw. So absolutely amazing stuff there. Um, and to think that it was Heath Slater to snap the streak of Seth Rollins. But either way, I'm looking forward to Ambrose versus Rollins at SummerSlam. By the time you guys listen to this, these spoilers are probably up for SmackDown. They probably already announced at the SmackDown taping for those that do read the spoilers what kind of stipulation that match will have at SummerSlam, but whether it be with the briefcase on the line or a street fight, I very much look forward to it. The feud thus far since the split of the Shield two months ago has been tremendous, so I look forward to what direction it will take going into the biggest party of the summer. Other matches on the show, Rusa beating Sin Cara during, a, during the a commercial break on the WWE ad. That was comical, and probably for the best, because it was a match that we've seen multiple times before anyway, so it was probably for the better for it to happen on the WWE app, so that was pretty comical. Dolph Ziggler beating Cesaro, good matchup there, uh, pretty much furthering the feud with him and The Miz, going into SummerSlam for the Intercontinental Championship, which is now confirmed for the card, looking forward to that. Stardust and Goldust returning to the ring, defeat Rybaxel for the millionth time. What the point of this was, I have no idea. Still not a fan of the Stardust character, failed to see what purpose it serves, especially with Goldust reportedly leaving the WWE once his contract expires after SummerSlam. It feels like a completely wasted opportunity at this point. So, that's a shame. Uh, Chris Jericho beating Luke Harper in another good matchup. Luke Harper losing via disqualification, thus banning him from the matchup from ringside um, for the Jericho versus Bray Wyatt matchup at SummerSlam. Diego beating Fandango for the third time in the last week. Total garbage. Um, since I've said this since the start, but completely not a fan of the whole Fandango, Samurai, Layla bullshit, and the fact that it's still continuing on to this day is still mind-boggling and asinine. Um, Bo Dallas beating R-Truth, pretty much a nothing match, just to give Bo his win back over R-Truth. Hopefully this doesn't lead to a rubber match at SummerSlam. I mean, granted, it would be cool for Dallas to get his, you know, for Dallas to get a pay-per-view match, 
But for the most part, I just have no desire of seeing R-Truth in any feud in 2014 if he's not a heel. Um, I already talked about the Beat the Clock Challenge match with Slater and Rollins. In the main event, I thought was great. Stephanie McMahon and Brie Bella, I thought was another great segment from those two. That's something I thought I would never say about a year ago, but Brie Bella has come a long way in the ring and on the mic. She's not great, but she is very good in my opinion. And the chemistry that she and Stephanie McMahon have in their various segments together are great. And that uh, definitely showed at the end of Raw last night during the contract signing and Brie Bella, both Brie and Nikki Bella, taking pedigrees from Stephanie McMahon. So I look forward to their matchup at SummerSlam. Once again, something I thought I would never say. Um, it's not going to be a five-star Matt Classic. But um, even still, I look forward to that matchup just for the drama alone and what they will, what route they will take that matchup in come SummerSlam. So that's going to do it for my brief Raw review. For my full thoughts on the show, you can find me on nextairwrestling.weebly.com. Full Raw review up on the website. And um, with that being said, like I said earlier on in the show, it's time to air my uh, the second part of my two-part interview with my very good friend, John Nichols. We sat down at the KOA campsite in Saugerties, New York, a couple of weeks ago for a two-hour interview broken up into two parts. Part one you can listen to on last week's podcast. We talked about the WWE Network and I completely dissected the entire WWE Network and every single aspect of it. And I'm not even exaggerating. Every single aspect of the WWE Network from the live pay-per-views to Total Divas we even talked about. So go back and check that out if you haven't heard it already. Um, this conversation will go into detail with our thoughts on the streak ending at WrestleMania with CM Punk leaving the WWE, the split of the Shield, Sting, Batista, and much, much more. And even TNA and ROH Talk too. So it's some exciting stuff. Um, I hope you enjoy it. And um, here's the interview. Enjoy. Welcome back, folks. I'm Graham Jason Matthews at WrestleRant on the Twitter. I'm sitting here once again with at Jonathan Nichols. I'm sorry, at Heel by Design, John Nichols. Great to be back in the same exact location. Absolutely. We've been filming this show for the last... We've, we've been sitting here for the last hour talking about the WWE Network. Part 1 is last week. Part 2 is this week. I don't know how many parts are going to be going on for. Hopefully just two. Probably it's a, part five at some point tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's only 11.25. This is coming from two people that were up last night until 2 a.m. talking about the big show. <laughs> so, <laughs> how much Survivor Series oh last year sucked. Yeah. We were yeah. watching a Buffalo no, Wild listen, Wings. Listen, McMahon. Survivor <laughs> Series 2013 sucked. And I want my money back from Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, for even going there. Exactly, but... So we talked about the WWE Network last week, okay? And if you want to get to know John, get to know all about him. We talked about him the first few minutes of part one, so go listen to that. But today, we're going to be breaking down all the other topics going on in the world of wrestling. We might not need to go in as in-depth, but we will brush upon almost everything. And you can't talk about wrestling without talking about this. The biggest story, in my opinion, of 2014 and of many years to come, and we talked about this as it was happening, we talked about it earlier today as well, the streak ending. John, your thoughts? The streak ending. The streak ending. Now, Graham, actually, you went back into some of our text messages, which I, I related, we, had, we were texting uh, weeks leading up to WrestleMania. Absolutely, we, we yeah. hours leading up to the, the match between Undertaker and Brock Lesnar, mm -hmm. and uh, I related the reading of those texts as like, 
texts prior to 9-11. It was literally... Beautiful comparison. Literally, like... Beautiful. We were speaking so vaguely and ambiguously, like, oh, what if The Undertaker actually does lose? But it's one of those things that you never think would happen. It's just impossible to think about. And like a disaster for wrestling fans, you know? Some people marked, I'm not saying people would have gotten excited for 9-11, but you know what I mean? It was just an an event of epic proportions. There you go, yeah, exactly. Um, But I was, I I, I one of the texts read, Grammy owe me a million dollars if... That 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 will come to fruition hopefully at some point if you ever work the WWE. Grand needs a million dollars. McMahon, please, you know, donate a million dollars, please. Um, and I wasn't necessarily upset with the Undertaker losing. Yep. Now I'm completely and utterly devastated about who it is he lost to, and I know I sound like every other five-year-old, you know, wrestling fan that they're upset that a part-timer. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar put uh, had he uh, was put over by the Undertaker. Yep. And um, to me, my main complaint, and I said I've said this for years now, whoever puts whoever is put over by the Undertaker, whoever ends the streak, whoever ends the streak at WrestleMania, will have the most momentum ever. And heat, heat, anything. No, not if it was like a Roman Reigns, he'd be booed. Well, it, it, it has to be the right person. And Brock Lesnar, other than him being a part-timer, fits the category in that we talked he's an established WWE superstar. It's not even that, though. I think he's a guy that you can look at and say, this guy can beat The Undertaker. What? Like, imagine, what? listen, like if a Cesaro beat him, Cesaro doesn't look like he could beat The Undertaker. You know what I mean? Or like a Daniel Bryan, I mean, like, come on, dude. All right, all right. Go on, go on, I'm sorry. So... I am upset that a part-timer beat the Undertaker. Yes, and you said established star, yep. And the thing is, The Rock is a part-timer. Yes. And I would have marked if The Rock made, made The Undertaker, if, if The Rock beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Um, I would have marked. The fact that, Bro- I don't know whose idea it was to pick Brock Lesnar, because you and I talked, and we actually thought that uh, The Undertaker selected Brock Lesnar, but apparently we were wrong. I don't know if we were wrong. It's just rumors at this point. It's never been confirmed. Taker's still sitting at his home nursing his injuries, you know, so. But, uh... It's just off what Shawn Michaels said. Yeah, I can go on that one. So, regardless of all that, I'm upset. I don't think think Taker was... I'm sorry, I I just want to throw this in there. Clarify. I don't think Lesnar was chosen. I don't think it was ever about who's going to end it. I think, based off of what I've heard, it's all rumors and speculation. I can, I could be completely wrong. It was just a matter of the fact that the streak's ending tonight. Mm-hmm. They could have cared less if it was against Yoshitatsu. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It could have been anybody, but go on. Um, so, back going back to what I was saying, in that whoever beat the streak will have the most heat will be so over. One of the biggest stars. The f- and they got, you're going to have to capitalize on that heat. Yep. And being the, and the fact that you're going to be the most over superstar ever, mm-hmm. all right? When was the last time you saw Brock Lesnar on WWE television? Night after WrestleMania. Night after WrestleMania. So what the hell, all right? You have no. You have a duty. You have if you're the person. I don't care. All right. Man, we talked about Lesnar's contract today. Um, if I don't care with, with Mr. John with, Soda. With Mr. John Soto. I don't care if you have. Two dates, $5 million in your contract. If you beat The Undertaker, you sign up for 200 dates for $5,000 because you owe it to me, 
who paid $65 to watch WrestleMania. You owe it to me to be on Monday Night Raw every freaking week and saying, hell yeah, I beat The Undertaker's streak. And you know what? Putting Paul Heyman's fat ass on TV and reminding us for eight weeks after it happened does not, does not help the fact that you're not on TV saying, and I know Lesnar can't talk for shit, but not, you, ha you owe it to me to be on Monday Night Raw, don't work Tuesdays, who cares, be on Monday Night Raw and prove to me why you're the guy, why you're the guy who beat The Undertaker, alright, and, that, and that's what makes me the most, most mad, alright, because the fact that you're not there, the fact that you just beat The Undertaker and you arrived from the sunset, and we all know that Lesnar will be back for SummerSlam, and he'll probably be more over than ever. Because and this is after that all, he could be back by now, we just don't know, we're, we're filming this as of July 19th, 2014, so he's already back and probably and champion when, whenever he's back he'll be over because you guys don't understand that he's a giant prick oh, always has been at least he admits it you know I just I, you ha you owe it to us to not to not leave for six months I'll just, I, I just want to bring this up because you and I talked about this like I said you were on WrestleRant Radio many months ago two days after Wrestlemania your appearance was very short-lived because you had to go, mm -hmm. but you did talk briefly about it. But after I, I texted you about the Ultimate Warrior and his passing and whatever, mm -hmm. we went on to talk about some other stuff that we weren't able to talk about. We were just talking for a solid hour about stuff that happened at WrestleMania that we weren't able to talk about on the show. And I clearly remember you saying that during the course of even his post-Raw promo the night after, remember when Paul Heyman came out with Lesnar? Mm -hmm. You said, and I quote, maybe not by word, not verbatim here, but this is what you said. Um, this guy, you just broke the freaking streak. You can't say two words. And I said, well, he, he's not a good talker, John. I don't know what you're talking You know, it's okay. He's not a good talker. Heyman will do all the talking. But you said, it doesn't matter. You just broke the streak. You couldn't say two words. And I agree. I think you could said something. Because remember, leading, in the weeks leading up to Mania, he did say stuff. Some stuff. Not a lot of stuff. And he did say some stuff. And... It's just, it, like I said, it's just you, and I, I sound like a broken record. You just owe it to us to be here, to be here for I've us. Never, I never expected him to sign more dates, to be honest with you. I mean, and why should he? We talked about this with John Soto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we talked about this with him today. If you're getting paid $5 million to work 20 days, why, 20 days... If you're in his position, why, would you? Why, why what, what, what more money do you need? I don't need to. I don't need to sign up for a hundred more dates. I don't. I don't I, it's not his fault. I don't think it's it's creatives. It wasn't his fault on the streak. It wasn't his decision. Th All right, Graham. All right, Graham. No, because it is his fault. It is entirely his fault. Please explain. I don't care what kind of athlete you are. Now we all know Brock Lesnar is not a fan, and that is his. Big, not, no, that yeah. is his biggest downfall. Yeah. All right. I don't care because I I go to, I go to school with a bunch of non fans and the day after WrestleMania you were talking about everyone it. was talking about oh yeah the Undertaker streak broke what the hell all right <laughs> so if you're a non fan who broke the Undertaker streak put your big boy pants on and become a fan all right because you just did what Big Boss Man Kane Edge Orton Batista Mark Henry Shawn Michaels Undertaker CM Punk Ric Flair Triple H you just did what Jake the Snake Roberts, Jimmy Snuffle, <laughs> all right? You just did what they could not do for 21 non-consecutive years, all right? <laughs> yeah, you okay. just did that. Yep. And you're telling me 
You're not going to sign up for more dates because why should you? Because I'm already getting $5 million. No. You've been chosen to broke the streak. You get off your ass. Get on a flight to Stanford. Sign a contract for 30 more dates. I don't care. Work the fall. The fall is the worst time for wrestling. Work the fall. All right? And then when the rumble comes around, then you'll deserve to be the guy that broke the Undertaker's streak because you stuck with the product. And that's why I hate it. I hate it so much. Honestly, anyone, anyone could have beaten it, and I wouldn't have been as mad as the fact that Brock Lesnar beat the Undertaker's streak. few questions. One, if it was up to you, we were talking about this before Mania, would you have ever ended the streak? Most definitely. You would have. That's... You, you don't think that it should have gone unbeaten forever? In a world of entertainment... That is based on, as we said earlier, shock value, unpredictability, all of that. There's no reason why you should why you should preserve a legacy that promotes, you know, fairy tales and you know, perfect happy endings. There's no reason. And honestly, that that's why you have all these hardcore smart fans who are mad that you know the hero always wins. If they're complaining, fine. The Undertaker's gonna go 21 and one. He he's got it. There's 50 years old. He's got it. All right, great uh, Undertaker, uh, top ten of all time, maybe top five for some of you. But uh, there's no reason why he should remain undefeated. Do you think there could have been a way? Not on my idea. I've heard Jr. talk about this or somebody, where they could have said Undertaker could have said, "The streak's gonna die one day. It will end. Like go out." Fl-. I think it was Jericho who actually said this. Says the streak's gonna end. But every year, you believe into the non-falls because you know it's going to end, but you just don't know who it's going to be. You know what I mean? I mean, that would be an original kind of tangent to go on, but I mean... That just sounds to me like reverse psychology. Oh, I'm going to lose someday. Oh, but he keeps winning. The fact that, you know, who who thinks that The Undertaker's going to lose at WrestleMania 30 to a part-timer? Who thinks that? Who imagines that? Nobody. Not not me. So, as much as I hate it, I'm glad... Plus, the build sucked. uh, The build was awful, but I I knew it needed to end. I knew it needed to. To Brock Lesnar, it did not need to. To put over somebody, you're saying? There's no... Why would The Undertaker put over Brock Lesnar? Now, as much as I hate... No, but I'm saying, like, and, and no, if and you're we, booking and, no, it... No, we, we, and we talk, you, can't, you can't put someone over. You How can't. could you? Was he get enough heat? Because Chris Jericho, WrestleMania 29, puts Fandango over. Who's Fandango now? Now, yep. Chris Jericho's no Undertaker by any stretch of the imagination. But let's say Undertaker puts over... Give me a name. Give me a name. Anybody. Zack Ryder. Undertaker puts over Zack Ryder at WrestleMania 30. Six months later, no one cares who Zack Ryder is. I'm sorry, Zack Ryder. We have to let you go. Best of luck in your future endeavors. Holy shit, wait, but I'm the guy under the Undertaker's streak. Holy shit, Zack Ryder, you're not selling any merchandise because no one cares about you and your character's lame. See, it can't be just anyone. It needs to be an established star who who, who could enter the Hall of Fame already and just have him beaten the Undertaker's streak is just an added bonus. Uh, that That's not the way to make someone's career, beating the streak. I would have been, and you and I talked about this, the, the, the fact that John Cena and The Undertaker have never battled at WrestleMania is money left on the table. I don't, I don't know that they ever will. I already know the answer to this question. You just kind of answered it. If it was up to you, and you said the streak should end, that's what you just said, who should it be to? Who should have been to? Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, 
One name. One name. I feel like you want me to say Sting, but I would I would No, 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 no. I mean, just like... I would have I would have been very satisfied having seen The Rock go over to The Undertaker. Okay. Very satisfied. Because I don't think they ever worked a pay-per-view match, they, did I, they? they? No, they must, they must have. I don't think they ever Some did. Some obscure pay-per-view in 1999, probably. Maybe, I don't know. I, I always yeah. told that they didn't. All right, well, they definitely... Maybe. They've worked together. They've worked. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying they've never they had a match. Know how, they don't have problems with each other. So no, no, no. There's no... Dwayne, Dwayne Attitude Era or Dwayne Current? Um, would I you would, have done it back then? I would, no, I would have done it I would have done at WrestleMania 30, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, because, first of all, The Rock is a Hall of Famer, no doubt. But I would say out of any WWE superstar, he has the most impressive WrestleMania resume of all time, considering he beat Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 18, Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 19, John Cena at WrestleMania 28. You got your freaking Mount Rushmore wrestle, uh, WWE right there. You beat them all, all right? Give him the Undertaker. Good job, Rock. Right, he's not putting anyone. Undertaker's not putting anyone over. The Rock's already in the Hall of Fame, but now you have Undertaker to his resume. And the Rock moves up the ladder in greatest of all time because he just ended the streak. Whereas Brock Lesnar, who is never even close to top ten greatest of all time, and now and now you give him this victory, and what does that do for his career? He's still a prick. He's still a, all. He's still a money whore. So I, I mean, so for Brock Lesnar, you were saying that he should appear on Raw. Do you think that Rock should have appeared on Raw if he were to end the streak, or do you think that he should have ended right there, be done, retired, done? That's that's a better question. I think because Brock Lesnar, it's not ending. He's going after the title. The, all right, that now we are comparing apples to oranges. The Rock, who is re, is he officially retired? We'll talk about this maybe at another point, but he, he, I'm saying in your he reti- mind. He retired at one point. The Brock, or Brock, Le- the Brock, Brock Lesnar, who who is still you know, at, like in his prime is what I'm trying to say. Who 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 can't just call it quits after beating the Undertaker? Like, all right, let me paint a picture for you. WrestleMania 30, The Rock puts the Undertaker in the sharpshooter. Oh my God, it's been 30 minutes long. There's no way the Undertaker's gonna make it. The Undertaker powers out, grabs the ropes, whatever have you. All right, The Rock is like, you know, looking around, like, oh my God, I can't do it. Undertaker grabs him by the throat, brings him up for the choke slam. Rock gets out. Rock brings him up for the rock bottom. Undertaker gets out. Undertaker, and this sounds like WrestleMania 29. I know. It Und- does. Undertaker it does. puts him in the tombstone. Rock flips out. Uh, tombstones the Undertaker. Takes the takes the uh, arm armband off. Throws it in the crowd. People's elbow. One, two. Undertaker tries to kick out at two. Rep counts three. Everyone's like, oh my god, oh my god. All right, and, and Undertaker's like, he, he, all right, he's kneeling there on the ring, hands on his knees, and he's nodding. The Rock is shocked at what just happened. The two stand up, shake hands in the middle of the ring. Undertaker raises Rock's hand. No, Rock raises Undertaker's hand right after. All right, clapping for each other. All right, now, you, you know what I just did there? The Rock just defeated the streak but in controversial fashion. So now you know what you got, Mr. McMoney Man. <laughs> you got a WrestleMania 31 rematch. Undertaker says, I kicked out. And Rock's like, no, you didn't, brother. And you got a WrestleMania 31 right there. See, that books itself, all right? There's not all this un- there's not all this confusion and unknown going into the day after WrestleMania, like, holy crap, what just happened? Where's Brock Lesnar? This is the worst thing that's ever happened ever. So, but you, what, that, and that was just, that was off the cuff right there. Wouldn't you have The Rock appear in more Raws afterwards? 
And he would. I'm not saying he would. I'm, I'm, he's in the same boat as Brock Lesnar, even if more less so, because he makes less appearance on WWE TV than Brock does. But I'm saying, would you have him continue to appear on Raw afterwards? Because he, he like, regardless of whether it was in controversial or not, fashion or not, he ended this. In my in my made up scenario that I just made up off the top of my head, WWE creative, please hire me. Um, in my controversial scenario, right there. He has to, but with the Undertaker shaking his hand and kind of accepting it, it's not something that needs to be addressed right away. It, it's like, all right, well, the Undertaker's accepted it. It's still the, oh, my God, the streak's over kind of thing, but it's also the kind of thing is once Survivor Series rolls around, the Undertaker can, the gong can hit on a raw one day and he goes, yeah, I've, been, I've been sitting at home all this long, and I don't think the streak's really over. And then you have, like, a is the streak over or not match. And, like, that, see, that's money right there. But I don't think you'd be able to continue forward without feud without turning Rock heel. I know you said they would shake well, hands this, after the match, uh, this but you the, can't. The fans would still boo the shit out of him. They would still boo the shit out of him. I think that's well, that. well, yeah, because then, then he becomes the, the, the John The guy. Becomes, the guy that ran the streak that no one wanted to see happen. It could be anybody, man. I'm just, I'm just thinking they would boo the shit out. I, I think in the scenario that I just made up would make millions more dollars. It would. I'm just saying they would boo him, though. Well, yeah. He'd I have mean, to be the heel. What? And that's the kind of thing you, you, if if they boo him, they boo him. If they cheer him, they cheer him. And regard, we'll never know, obviously. And, but. and if whatever happens, happens. You either have a face face rematch at WrestleMania 31, or you have one of the biggest heels ever because he's on Raw, getting the heat he deserves. Yeah. Against one of the greatest faces ever in the Undertaker, and it's the main event of WrestleMania 31. And I'm honestly mad that they didn't do what I just said because that would be awesome, and I would love to see that. And that's why Jonathan Nichols should be uh, working for the WWE. Oh my God. Right. Now they're going to be taking that idea. They can't go back now and then have the Rock in the street. We'll get to the Rock in a little bit. Actually, we'll go into the Rock right now. Because we're actually on, we're on the topic. So, do you think the Rock will ever wrestle another match? Um, I don't. I think he has unfinished business with the WWE. Um, I think that Wrestling-wise or... Um, yeah, I, I think that he's not, not a lot more approved. But I think that in his current... Um, with his current lifestyle, like he's a star, he's a bona fide star. All right, there it would only benefit it would benefit all parties involved if The Rock got back in the ring. True. So, so I think that it's not a matter of if, but when and who he gets back in the ring with. And not the The Rock could retire, be the first inductee in the class of 2015 Hall of Fame, and I would never, I would never hate the guy. I mean, like, because he ended on such a good note. I mean, the whole feud of Cena was drawn out a little longer than it should have, and the whole reason why he came back in the first place was to, quote unquote, put over Cena because you know passing the torch. Because Cena was, because Cena wasn't over at WrestleMania 29. Yeah, you know what I mean. Though? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But that's the whole reason why he came back was to feud the Cena, quote unquote, pass the torch. So now that that's done, I've been wondering this for the last year or so, he has no reason to come back. The Rock. In a wrestling role. Not at all. But, now, a lot has changed in the last year, because a lot of new stars have arisen. So do you think, and it's not like the streak where, if Undertaker were to put over, like if The Rock were to put over someone like Undertaker would, they wouldn't get the booed, they wouldn't, they wouldn't get booed the shit out of, out of you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like booed out of the building. Because it's The Rock, there's nothing really at stake. And they'd gain a lot from beating the guy that beat John Cena, beat Hulk Hogan, and beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that being said, 
And I do think he's on his way back. Because Rock himself, you've seen on ESPN, I've seen other interviews, that he's had talks with Vince. And he had talks going to Vince, excuse me, going to WrestleMania 30. But it just didn't work out with his mm-hmm. schedule. Really, nothing really came up that was money-making. And they were supposed to do him versus Lesnar. It fell through due to injury. And Lesnar's now doing other things. There's really no point in going back to that matchup. Mm-hmm. It would be entertaining, but that's another matchup. The night after WrestleMania, both are gone anyway. I don't really know what purpose it serves. Giving Rockets win back 12 years later after their initial matchup, I guess. I don't know. That being said, though, say he is to come back. It's still not confirmed, but I'm still thinking at this point, after hearing everything the last few weeks, he will be back. Come WrestleMania 31, who's his opponent? Come WrestleMania 31? Yes. Now, this is this will go against my um, alternate desire, which is to see uh, John Cena versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 31. But the only way, like you said, Rock has no reason to come back. He's done everything. So And there's no, it's not like a, he said in the interview that he'd come back for a moneymaker, a marquee name. All right. But the thing is, is that Punk... Cena, or the two marquee names in this generation, CM Punk, yeah, he's not in the same boat as John Cena, but you know what I mean, like a top star, he's in the same boat. and he's gone, yeah, yeah. well, I mean, Cena's like the face of the company, you know what I'm talking about? CM Punk is in the same boat, trust me. Okay, well, he put out, he did the feud of Cena, he did the feud of Punk, there's no one left to feud with, unless you put in Randy Orton, but Randy Orton's lost a lot in the last few years. Randy Orton's not the same guy he once was. Exactly. Um, so my in my uh, imaginary world where The Rock beats The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30, um, <laughs> in my imaginary world, uh, Roman Reigns has a lot of difficulty uh, achieving his dream of becoming WWE Champion leading up to WrestleMania, and he starts cutting some um, out of uncharacteristically heel promos. And then... He, so you're saying that he... No, wait, 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 wait. Oh, he, he starts... He starts Starts bashing his lineage a little bit, maybe saying that uh, you know he maybe bring in even bring in like uh, some of his family members or whatever, and he, yep. he maybe maybe uh, shoots a heel promo on them or whatever. Yeah. And then one day on Raw, if you can smell, the Rock is cooking. But he comes down the <laughs> ring, yeah. comes down the ring like, oh Roman, what happened, man? Like you know they have obvious family family ties, and they, you know maybe Roman Reigns could answer the Rock's uh, return with a nice little spear. And then you got instant, you got instant chemistry right there. Instant yep. chemistry, instant heat. Rock said he would Reigns. work with him. Rock said that he would work with him if he were to be the top heel, exactly, or a top star. Even if he was the number two babyface in the company behind Cena, I think it could still be a marquee matchup. It's not a matchup that would draw as much money as a Cena Rock, mm-hmm. because those are two marquee names. And Roman Reigns isn't a guy that's a marquee name yet. But maybe come WrestleMania, it could make him into a marquee name, which I think is the pure purpose of that matchup. Yeah. Like you said, it has a lineage behind it. It's a matchup. Maybe it's just me, and we weren't through the Attitude Era, so it's different. But, and a lot of people, you know, continue to go on. Austin and Rock should have another match at WrestleMania. Like, I know I didn't live through the Attitude Era, but what purpose would that serve in 2014? There's no The match would suck. Austin, I mean, I know he can maybe do one more match. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, but I'm saying, like, if he had to, the Rock... They had such a great trilogy of matches. Why ruin that legacy? That would just... Oh, that would be you know what I mean? Yeah. So, no. That, but, would, that would soil everything. And this should be a far better matchup, obviously, because this other guy's still an active competitor. But a Rock-Triple-H matchup. A feud we've already seen a million times would be a great matchup. They've always had great chemistry. But the thing is... But in 2014, what, what the hell... What Rock, Rock, well, Rock-Triple-H in that... I know we've seen heel Triple-H versus Face Rock, and we've seen... 
Have we? We've, uh, Probably. We've seen it all. Spatially. But the thing is, as everything does in life, wrestling evolves. So do characters. We've never seen Triple H as the COO of the company and this kind of badass, you know, authority figure kind of thing. And we've never seen The Rock in the as the character he is now, where he's a comer and goer. And uh, but you could, I think, you could definitely create heat. Between uh, Triple H and The Rock now, I'm not saying it'd be a terrible matchup. I'm I'm just thinking, especially going into WrestleMania 30, it was one of those things. Is like Rock should come to save the WWE from Triple H, beats Triple H, but he's gone the next night. Like, you know what it's, I mean? It's all these part timers, man. But I mean, if you, and I know people will go on to say, well, he beat Cena and left the next night. It's different because that created intrigue. People are like, I don't know about you, but I was like, holy Rock, shit! Rock was Rock was back the next night. He was. No, but you know what I mean by like but, for an extended run. It's not like he said, I love you, I'll see y'all later. He said, he wants to become the next WWE champion. Exactly, and so it he, built towards the next thing. Yeah. And No, but not even that, though. It, w- it was shocking because I didn't expect Cena to lose. Because we all thought Cena was going to do one match, beats Rock, and moves on. But it created a thing with Cena. It was like, so what's next for Cena? This guy just lost to The Rock. And he exactly. was like in that depression stage. Albeit for a month before they made him fucking beat Brock Lesnar. I still hate that finish to this day. But that being said, though, Triple H is different. He vanquishes the authority. Triple H is not an active guy either. So, at least with Daniel Bryan, it made sense at WrestleMania because yeah. he benefited from it. The next night, he was like the most over guy in the company. He already was by that point, yeah. but you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, I'd much rather see, personally, Rock versus Roman Reigns at yeah, WrestleMania 30. That's something we agree on. For those of you who just heard us ramble on and... Her does not make much sense. What we're trying to say is that if The Rock were to come back, we'd love to see him go against Roman Reigns because they are both of the Samoan variety. Um, and that is that is what the last 10 to 15 minutes of us talking was about. So, next topic. Arguably the next biggest topic in, in the last number of months and since the start of 2014. C.M. Punk. Uh-huh. Now, we are going to be biased here. I'm, I'm going to throw that out here right now because we're both huge C.M. Punk fans. Always have been. And I'm not going to say that he was in the right. I'm not even going to say he was in the wrong. But I've already... I think my thoughts on this are pretty well established. Well documented. I've, I've, made, about I've made my judgments on this. We've we both talked about... I mean, I've talked about it here on the show a number of times. And I'm going to get your thoughts. And you've talked about it briefly. With me in private, just never on the show. I don't think we talked about it on the show when you were on mm-hmm. many months ago. So, your thoughts, first of all, on how it all occurred. Was he in the right? Was he in the wrong? Why do you think it happened? And the ever-popular question, do you think he's coming back? All right. So, 100% CM Punk is in the right. He's in the right. I mean, he was overworked. He was under-rewarded as a character, as a worker. Um, he was he, he was working every day. He was doing a full-time schedule. And no, he was he didn't want to work Triple H at Mania 30. He wanted, he wanted, he wanted the spotlight. And I don't blame him because... I, and you, you said this in the beginning of the year. You're like, well, there's no way CM Punk should be main eventing WrestleMania uh, 30. Because you said that... I, I remember you saying this. You said Daniel Bryan has the mo- is the most over guy in the company. Okay, okay, yeah. And yep. C- CM Punk's just not over uh, as, as much as Daniel Bryan is. All right? And you put, o- you, you, you put the most over guy... In the main event, but which doesn't explain why Batista was there. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so I think that's... CM- agreed, agreed. I, I think that CM Punk was 100% in the right for leaving. I don't know about in the manner in which he left, but 
for going home, taking his ball and going home. But no, no, go back to that for a second. Go back to that for going home. Yes, overworked. Injured. To this day, he's never yeah. said two words about. He could have left because Triple H called him a pussy, and that's why he left. You know, you know, you never know. I'm not saying that's likely, but I'm yeah. saying. You don't know what the reason is, so it's purely speculation. You're speculating, I'm speculating, we don't know for sure. That being said, though, I, want, I want to rewind for a second to something you just said. But in the manner he left, the reason why he left, I understand that, yes, he was in the right, but the manner... And, and this is why we that? agree, because guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin yes. got so much heat yes. in 2000, or no, uh, in 2001, all right, when he had a... a but fans or management or both? A, uh, in 2001, when Stone Cold left, it was because he had... had 02, his, yeah. It was 02 with Lesnar, yeah. I apologize. Yep. Uh, he had a disagreement with Mr. McMahon about uh, creative. He didn't think that Mr. McMahon was doing business correctly. With and, Brock, yeah. And he just, he, he just left. And after after that happened, I, did, I lost serious respect for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because that's not the way you leave. Yes. That's not... You, you don't leave like that. You try and... Make amends there. Even you, though he was in the right, yes. He, he was in the right, but you don't leave. Exactly, so, exactly, so, exactly. So CM Punk did what he thought was best for CM Punk, but that's not, I mean... I mean, it's CM Punk being CM Punk, and you got to respect the fact that he's ballsy, and that he's his own advocate, and that no one else, who the hell would else do that, you know what I mean? Stone Cold Steve Austin does that. Exactly, you know what I mean. <laughs> Stone Cold and Austin. It's hard to fight with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Austin and Punk have a lot of simil- uh, have a lot in common in that sense. But go on. Um, it's hard to fight with Stone Cold Steve Austin and do what he did better, and I think CM Punk did that. But um, I just I, I don't blame the guy. I don't blame him for what he did. And honestly, for what he did. But what about the manner? And I, I as we just established, I think yeah. the manner that he did was wrong. And now segueing into our related topic in that. All right, you said it was purely spec- speculation for yes. why it is that he left. Let's say let's say he's mad because part timers like Batista and Brock Lesnar are getting this the spotlight at WrestleMania 30. I don't think it's because of the people specifically. I think he, well, I, he's our friends, but I think the idea of the main event to WrestleMania. So let's say it's that. Let's say it's like that. Yes. Why on earth? CM Punk's mad about his position in the company. Why on earth would he not leave the company? make talks with McMahon around rumble time about making your turn because once you hear a cult of personality go off in an arena that's the most over th- it doesn't even have to be him can- that's the most over thing right there so once you hear once you hear his music go off automatically whatever main event you have going to Wrestlemania you just trash it right there because he's going to be the most over guy since freaking sliced bread alright and he'll, he'll be he'll be in the main event of Wrestlemania 31 if that were to happen so if he's mad, he's not. He's working all his time, not getting what he wants. Why would he not leave? Build anticipation for himself to come back, all right, and then deliver on one of the greatest returns ever. Okay. Why well, would like from this is a, from okay, from ahead. a logical standpoint that makes the most sense? All right, Graham. I'm mad that I'm not being used correctly, and I'm mad that guys who aren't here every day like I am are being used better. So I should do what they're doing. I should not be here every day. That's okay. Uh, oh, wait a second. Okay. Can I just? I was gonna argue with this, but I think you're just making the point I was about to make. All right. I I was very I was very elaborate on that point. No. I, okay. Let me see. If, let me clarify here, because I think I I think you're making the point that I was about to make, and I didn't know if exactly if you're okay. So here's the thing. From a fan point 
Punk making his return, Mania main event. Amazing, dude. I want to see that. Yeah. Look, logically, like, speaking here, let's think about this for a second. Punk left because these guys are coming in without working for the entire year and take the Mania main event. Okay? So, wouldn't it be, it, wouldn't it be hypocritical of him to be gone for an entire year, doing nothing, take the main and main event, just like Batista did. Hypocr- you know what I mean? Hypocritical, yes. Logical, yes. Lo- logical, yes. I mean, if you want to be in the main event of WrestleMania, and why wouldn't you do what it takes to get to the main event of WrestleMania? That doesn't require leaving. That, and you work the entire apparently year. Apparently he does. <laughs> if, he's getting, if, he, if he's getting booked in a tag team with Daniel Bryan in Survivor Series, and then... He's working with the Shield in December. Daniel Bryan's getting ready to elevate his career. Like, what sense does that make? That's not right. But doesn't that send a bad example for guys like a Daniel Bryan that saying, does. "I've worked here all year"? So don't. So do not blame that on CM Punk, but blame that on whoever's in charge and booking these guys who aren't here all year. I don't think CM Punk. I don't think he would do that. To be honest with you, I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that is going to be what he hates, becomes what he hates. I think Kurt Angle was talking about this recently, too, in that if Punk hates part-timers so much, and I mean, like we, like we said, it's purely speculation and rumors, if he hates part-timers so much, then he's going to be just done. He's not going to ever be a part-timer. He's going to wrestle full-time and retire. I think if he comes back for another run to come back and do whatever, and I think he will, I don't think he's going to be a part-timer. Then he deserves to be made at WrestleMania with, with John Cena. Or Daniel Bryan. All right. I feel like you and I are using part-timer in the wrong context. When I say part-timer, I mean in the sense that if he wants his WrestleMania main event spot... He's got to come back. He should come back at the opportune time. That doesn't mean come back at uh, SummerSlam. It means come back at Rumble. Grab your spot... And then continue to work for the rest of the year. Yeah, but they you, normally, yeah. But you want, but if you want your mania spot, you got to come back with the most heat. Or well, it's got to be well booked. Well, yeah, you got to come back at the at the. Yeah, the right time. At the opportune time. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying he does that. Wins at WrestleMania 31, leaves. I'm saying he does that. Wins at WrestleMania 31, it stays. 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 Yeah. For I'm how saying, long? Nobody knows. I'm just saying. He needs to come back when it's right for him. Yeah. So. So that being said, I think you pretty much just established. Answer the next question. Do you think he will be back? He he is he he uh, dubs himself officially a retired wrestler. Yes, that um, is true. That is accurate. So, it's it's hard to work with that. I mean, I I feel like he knows how thunder like he knows how missed he is. So I, I, he knows, yeah. Did you I, see his tweet the other day? Yeah, he's thanking all of us. Yep, yep. But, uh... That was cool. He knows how missed he is, so he knows how rewarding it would be for us as fans for him to come back. He's a business guy. He knows to make big so, money. So, I, I don't think it's the money, honestly. No, no, I no, 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 but he's a good businessman. He in is sense a good business guy. He knows, like, if I know if I'm going to make a return, it's going to be around here. Yeah. Like, the, he knows that the longer he's gone, the more he's missed, the, more the bigger pop it's exactly. going to be. Exactly. All I need, all people need to hear is cult of personality. <laughs> they can hear, yeah. hear that song and Jimmy Wang Yang can come out, but they'll yeah. hear that. Like in Chicago a couple months ago, I've been rewatching it time and time again because it's great. When Paul Heyman came out, yeah, that, Chicago, was, oh, that was awesome. That was great. So that being said, though, you think you'll be back? 
I would... Mm, yes or no? I quasi-confidently say yes. I say I say 100% yes. I, no, actually, nothing's ever 100%. I say 99% he will be back. But I will be. I will say this, a little asterisk against that. He will be back with WWE, but I'm not confirming that it will be an inactive role. He will be back. If he doesn't wrestle again... He'll be in the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Like he's like the ultimate warrior in that sense, or Bret Hart, all right. or uh, what's uh, Bruno San Martino. He'll be back. They all who who's left the company and doesn't come to good terms with them ever again. Um, sheesh. <laughs> yeah, like everyone's everyone's come back. Yeah. See, you know what I mean? Because WWE is like they've like, done a great like job lead. of that in it, recent it, years. It's like lead; it stays around forever. Exactly. Bret Hart, I think time heals all wounds. Punk will be back. I'm not saying it's next month. I'm not saying it's next, next year. year. I'm not saying it's in ten years. I'm saying he will be back. Okay? Right. So that's my thoughts on CM Punk. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't watched the doc again yet. I really want to watch it again. But great, great flick. Great flick. On absolutely. So I'm looking forward to when he will be back. Should be good. Other big stories going on right now. We talked about this earlier today with Mr. John Soto. John Soto. The Shield. The Shield. The Shield, after a hot, 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 18-month run, split up on my birthday, no less. I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like almost in tears. I was like, this is the worst ex- conclusion to a birthday ever. Worst birthday ever right now. The Shield, after beating Evolution no less than 24 hours earlier, is over. I'm thinking, wow, terrible business, they're at the top of their peak, they're done, but then it really started to settle in, in the sense that, and it could go either way, there's two, There's two. you can have two minds of this, in that, it's not like, we're the, like the nexus, they waited until, until they were, they squeezed everything out of it, and then they killed it, mm-hmm. then they officially ended it. it, they were at the top of their peak, so, like, stop while you're ahead, that mm-hmm. famous line, yeah. the famous motto, that's exactly what the Shield did, and I think some people will argue they did do everything they wanted to do. They beat Evolution. They beat the Wyatt family. They beat everybody, you know. Yeah. So, and they've had all the matches, and it was time for them to branch off on their own. And I said this to you earlier today. I can't think of any other stable, and it's only been a month. It's premature. I know that, but I can't think of any other stable where all three of them came out looking even better than they were, they were before. In the stable. Your thoughts on the Shield split and everything in the aftermath, okay? I mean, I'm a huge Ambrose mark, and to be honest, as much as I like enjoyed the Shield, I wasn't high on the Shield. I like, I enjoyed their presence. I enjoyed the refreshing taste of you know having the, their music hit and having them come down the uh, the stairs in the crowd. But um, I wasn't I wasn't crazy on them. And now that they've split, I'd say my my favorite star that came out of it would be Dean Ambrose. I, love, I agree. I'm I agree. Su- I'm such an Ambrose mark. It's, it's not funny, but, um, what was that? <laughs> backpack. Um, <laughs> regardless, they, just they, had an they, they, they all, <laughs> they all look great right now. They're all, they're, they're all, have, the thing is, what would have easily killed the shield easily is if you have Rollins turn on Ambrose and Reigns and you have Ambrose and Reigns tagging together like it, they're still like, and there's no feud with like, Rollins it's is like, that what you're saying? Like, or even yeah, if exactly. they did? no but it, the analogy I'm trying to make is Rollins turning on them is like breaking a glass cup or a glass vase and then having Ambrose and Reigns tag together would be like trying to glue the pieces back together and it just wouldn't work out 
So I think I'm glad that they're all going off in different directions and they all have legitimate feuds they're all in right now. That makes at a top tier level. That man. makes them look better than if Ambrose and Reigns are like, all right, well, Rollins is gone. Let's tag. Yeah, it, it makes them look like all right. Well, and they didn't try to like replace exactly, him. You know what I mean? Look exactly. at the new Nexus. Like you bring in Mason Ryan. There was a rumor at one point that they'd replace Roman Reigns after he broke away babyface. They'd replace him with Mason Ryan, who's since been released. But that being said, though, I'm glad that they didn't ruin the legacy of the Shield by bringing in someone else. They're like. I know you don't watch NXT, but Sami Zayn, El Generico, Corey Graves, whatever, um, Evan Bourne. Like, what the fuck? Like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't want to see someone replace the Shield. If the Shield's not going to be what it once was, end it. Have that five-year reunion down the line. I told you this today, but I love how Ambrose, and you said this too, Ambrose has his own identity, great mic skills, great look, yeah. fits him to perfection. Seth Rollins, same thing. Great mic skills, great look. Roman Reigns, same thing. But he's got to take away the shield stuff. I know they're trying to like just give it to him, and I know like the you know an analogy, a comparison is that Kevin Nash after they stopped the NWO, he still uses the NWO music to this day. I understand that, but what if Orton kept on using the Evolution theme after Evolution yeah. ended? What if Triple H kept on using the DX theme? You wouldn't have marked out for that mo- that much. Like when the Evolution theme hit. A couple of months ago, I was yeah. like, holy shit, man. Yeah. And the evolution is a mystery. It was great. I loved it. So that being said, Which though. Which is really, it's really nitpicking when you think about it. But it would that be, is, it, it is. It would be nice. Exactly. Reigns got his own music, got Sierra his own. Hotel, India, Echo. Well, they, they don't even do that anymore. I'm but they don't, they don't. I'm pretty sure it's just. Dah, dah, yeah, it's a remix yeah. version of that, yes. But I'm saying it, it would be cooler if we heard that music on its own five years later. And them all coming down. And, With their SWAT attire. And, and beating up a heel John Cena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tagging, ah, tag, tagging with a heel Linda McMahon. Yeah, <laughs> ah, yeah I love it. Uh, the streaking JR. <laughs> I think all three of these guys are the next... All of them could be world champs. Seth Rollins is fucking guaranteed to be world champion. And then dude. there's my favorite, Dolph Ziggler. Who's being misused? Where did that go from? Oh no, because everyone's talking about the next star, the next megastar. Like, well, Ziggler should be the is the next star. No, he is, he's not the next star. He is the star. Like, not even like he's being terribly treated. No, obviously, but I'm saying he should be the star you know, right now. Have you ever wondered why his the first description in his Twitter bio is stand up comedian? <laughs> yeah. He goes stand up comedian, and I wrestle to pay the bills. Yeah, I know. It's because Vince McMahon is. Terrible. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Dolph Ziggler should be pushed. He should be the champ. He should be the guy right now. Oh. He's got the mic skills. He's over. Amazing wrestler. Easily, I think, one of the best athletes. With Punk on, him and Brian, I think, are the best wrestlers in oh, WWE yeah. right now. Far. I'm trying to think of anyone else. Seth Rollins is up there. Oh, yeah, Tyson Kidd. Cesaro. Tyson Kidd work. Tyson Kidd work, but I don't think he's like... Oh. No, okay, I'm thinking, okay, if you're talking purely wrestling, yeah, then Tyson Kidd's up there. Oh, definitely. Cesaro, Rollins, Brian, Kid. All the ROH guys. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, that's Shield for you. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. They've been all. Their immediate future is bright. Very, very, very bright. I'm thinking Ambrose and Rollins. It's the best feud right now in WWE going um, right now. I love it. I love it. They were the most over guys, in my opinion. I don't know about you from where you were sitting. They were the most over guys. At the Raw that we went to. Can do we you, talk do you, about Do you this? agree, though? Do you agree? Yes! Now, we're branching off. It's oh, John's favorite time of the night. Oh, my God. 
Monday Night Raw. June 30th, 2014. Hartford, Connecticut. Which is historically, I found out, that week, the last week of June, is historically a crazy Raw. Uh, did you know that it's the same Raw in 2008 CM Punk cashed in? Yes, look, listen to this. This is I was thinking about this as well. 2008, CM Punk cashes in. The same exact day, by the way, too. When Ron, yeah, when Rollins cashed in, I was like, oh my god, six years later, exactly. Jackson's like, whatever. But I'm like, this is history. Yeah. So, next year, um, the first ever guest host thing started. On June 30th? Yeah, no, the June 29th or whatever. Oh, it's the, the final the, Raw the of final June, yeah. And Evan Bourne, Mark Henry, and Swagger came over to Raw. Remember oh my that? god, I remember that. That night. Swagger, like, high-five Randy Orton. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good show, good show. 2010... Nothing really happened on that. I don't that, think. And the Nexus happened. just happened. And yeah, know, so nothing really happened. June 30, 2010, the Nexus would have just been a thing. Yeah, yeah. Or I didn't. No, yeah, that was. Yeah, was nothing. Like, that last week of June, I don't think anything really happened that night. Or well, they attacked Mr. McMahon, I think. Well, there you go. Maybe. So 2011, Pipe Bomb. That says it all right there. June 30th. Pipe Bomb. 2012. June 30th. Uh, that was that shitty, shitty string of, like, terrible shows, you remember? Oh, my God. 2012. It was, like, that Raw where, like, Hornswoggle was, like, revealed as the Raw GM. Not that Raw, but it was, like, that during that time, though. Oh, yeah. From there, yeah. Oh, my God. And then 2013. June 30th. We really should have done a research coming into this topic. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm thinking something did happen, though. June 30th. Because Christian just came back. Lesnar came back. Henry been, came back. It would have been after MICB. No, that was, like, right after Payback or something. All right. Oh, yeah, because they had Payback in the middle of June. Yeah, yeah. Who's champ? John Cena. Ugh, gross. Yeah. Sounds a lot like right now. But I also realized the night after Money in the Bank, someone's returned every time. 2010, I was at your house for this. Bret Hart came back, remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. Teaming against Nexus. 2011, night after Money in the Bank. Triple H came in as the new COO. Okay. 2012, Rey Mysterio made a return. Remember that? All right. And Rikishi, too. He danced with the Usos. All right. 2013, who came back the night after Money in the Bank 2013? Oh, man. What am I thinking? Oh, Brock Lesnar. Oh, and RVD wrestled his first match back, too. All right. All right. So, and then, who who came back this year, John? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, let's get into the nitty-gritty here. John, how'd you get tickets to Raw? Um... Yeah, all right, so I'll, I'll elaborate on that. Uh, I actually just graduated high school um, recently, and my mom graced me with um, some tickets to the Monday Night Raw at the Hartford XL Center, and um, I went in thinking that it was going to be like near the time of my life. The last Raw I went to was December 28th, 2009, which was not exactly a, a, a great... <laughs> Great time. Memorable in the sense we got a U.S. title match, uh, WWE title match. Whatever. But, uh, <laughs> so I was like, oh, the company's going strong right now. Should be great. Night after one of the bands. And yeah, exactly. And I, and I, I'm, I look at my ticket. Oh, I'm Row CC. That's cool. Apparently, Row CC is 29 rows <laughs> up from the section. I'm already like way above the ground. So I'm so high up, you can't. You can you can see your you can your nose is bleeding. That's how high you're. I guess that's why they call them the nose. Well, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm so high up. I'm thinking, wow, it's gonna suck. And uh, I ended up making it. It ended up being one of the, the greatest times I've ever had in my entire life. Um, if you want to just start going off, uh, rattling off. Uh, the opening segment was. Well, uh, well we, we don't have enough time. But we only have ten minutes left, and I'm getting some oh, other stuff. But like highlights of the night. Highlights of the night. Highlights of the night. I by one. That still, guy of Jericho returned, I think. Oh, whoa, you're you're getting 
into the main course too quick. Uh, by far, one of my favorite segments of the night was We, we the, the people. people. Oh my god, dude, that marked the music. I was like, oh well, I was like, wait, I like got on my seat. I was like, Jackson, I think this, I think Swagger's a baby face. Jackson's like. What are you talking about? I'm like, Jackson, it's been six years since he debuted. He's a, he's a baby face now. <laughs> that was that was one of the most thunderous ovations. It was crazy. Not only were they chanting USA, they were chanting Let's Go Swagger. It was one of the Let's Go Swagger. And they were on t- it got on TV, too. And that, since then, they, the since then, they've been you know kind of going with it. I know they had a wrong the, Canada the past... That they weren't on that TV because Swagger got the DUI. He couldn't be in Canada. I understand yeah. that. But last week, the debate got a great reaction. Yeah, that was, that was, that was a cute. sexy super kick when Rusev went for the super kick. He and caught he him in the ankle. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. But, Swagger, um, baby. That, that was a really, really great, great moment. moment of the night. But, and then I'm thinking, it's not going to get any better than this. This I is as good as it's going to get. Then, John Cena, Randy Orton tonight. Like, yeah, it's not going to get any good. And the WWE, the greatest swerve ever um, was later that night. It was at the two-hour mark of the show. <laughs> When they were when Justin Roberts comes out and announces a multimedia cross platform superstar. Yep. And I'm getting ready to freak out. And this is after the McMandow thing. I'm, yeah, which was also hilarious. I'm getting ready oh, to freak geez. out. I, I had no idea what to expect, and I'm not a Miz Mark like Graham. But when we found out Ms. it was a Miz, you should have seen my face. It was like it went from like Christmas morning to like <laughs> uh, leaving a funeral. I was so disappointed. I was like, wow. Like and that only that only like, benefited me for when I heard exactly that made it that much better, dude. I've been telling Graham ever since the night it happened. I did not. I did not think nobody knew. I, I didn't. Well, I did not think, I, or I did not tell myself to stand up and cheer when I heard the pyro. My body, without command, Same. jumped from my chair. Same, and I started screaming. It was the. Biggest markout moment of my life. Me too. Oh my god! I lost my voice, man. I, I lost my voice and for a couple the days. The Wyatt family came out, and we were a hot crowd. I got yeah. Madison this back. is awesome. And, I loved and it. They, and they kept that audio, and they and did. Packages later, like I don't know if they're trying to get how far they're trying to get the Wyatt family over because I know they're trying to make them look heel. But yeah, yeah. They got they got a chanting. This is awesome. Yeah. Like, we're a great. Crowd. When they came out the first time too, I love like the whole the cell phone thing. That was a great oh visual. My gosh, that was it's, cool. It's always a great visual. That I, was I, very. I, Cool. That was really awesome. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, I'm, like we're, I'm, we're being biased. Like, we're there. And we're I'm like, like, oh, greatest Raw ever, you know? But I go home, look on Twitter. People are like, greatest Raw of the uh, year. Yeah, awesome. Best one since after Mania. And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. You know? And then that night you had the... the yeah, and I'm thinking, okay, not getting any better than this and now. Then, we're done, dude. The, the, we're the, done. The thing is, my, my father... How you doing, Phil? My, <laughs> my father was... He's the kind of dad that's like, yeah, I'm double parked here in Hartford. Uh, Let's get going. I want to go home. It's 11 o'clock. And I'm with him on the whole three-hour thing. I was yep. tired, too. But he's like, John, let's get out of here. It's time to go. And I'm like, all right, we'll start walking, but we're not leaving until, you know, the, the dark, after camera stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're, and the match is going on. The main event was going on as we were leaving. And all of a sudden, as it ended, Kane hit scene with a tombstone. Yeah. And I didn't even get to see Triple H motion. Yeah, I'm like, this is a weird ending to the show. This dark match or something? I heard Seth Rollins' music hit. I was 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 in a seat, but if I was, I would have stood for me. But the funny thing is, is that Dean Ambrose said earlier on in the night, like, I'm not going to let you cash in, I'm going to interrupt everyone, but that never registered in my mind. No remembered that. Exactly. Because we had the swagger moments. Exactly. We had, excuse me, we had... 
the returning Chris Jericho, and then the Wyatt family. And, and AJ, AJ, too. Lee come back. I was no marking one, out for that, dude. No one remembered. And, and to, when Dean Ambrose and his great mic skills, when those are, like, <laughs> yeah. those are forgotten, you know you went to a great raw. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To a CT Raw, too. Oh we get we get shit on for like, oh, you gotta get crappy crowds. Are you kidding me? Well, I heard a pay-per-view's coming up to us next year. Oh, I hope. That'd be amazing. Well, you said the same thing about Elimination Chamber 2012. It was, it was in the schedule, dude. Asked, <laughs> it was in the schedule, that, I promise. That was a good show, I mean. Yeah, that, I was, I'm glad I didn't both go. champions retained in the Elimination Chamber. <laughs> and they <laughs> both retained, too. CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. And then the year prior, Edge retained. The year after, who retained? There was no title match the next year. Randy Orton retained this past year, though. The last four chamber matches have ended with champions retaining, even like, though they're against what? all That's odds. That's not even a threat anymore. Yeah, I know. It's not, now what? it's like unpredictable. Oh, he's going to retain. Yeah, yeah. But even still, best Raw. Awesome. Best Raw, dude. I, I can't believe I was there. I'll show you the audio after we're done recording this. I still can't believe I was there. Yeah, I, you could say you were I, there for history. I witnessed... Chris Jericho's music hit. Yeah. And I wa- I went home. I, I record Raw every week. And I watched this segment. Me too. I can quote The Miz. I'm not leaving until all of you are literally begging for me <laughs> not yeah. to go. And then, then he does the motion. And, and he points to the, uh, the aisle. And I'm thinking like, Oh my God! Is he gonna? Is someone gonna come out while he's pointing? And yeah. then he comes back. He motions back to the camera. Starts saying and something. No, nope, and then he goes, and then, and only that. Boom, 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 boom. Break the walls down. Yeah, I heard oh the pyrolism. Like, what? What was? Ah. <laughs> and what? Boom, 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 boom. Oh. Yeah, like, I, I was telling this before. It's literally and it's like I'm, I have goosebumps right yeah, now. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, it's an experience you have to be there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's not even like we got a tip and uh, like we knew like from the internet or something, no. and then it was just a cool moment to be there for. I had no idea. No, no one knew Jerry. I didn't even know he was in talks to be coming back, man. Clueless. Clueless. Absolutely amazing. So. I don't think I want to go to another Raw ever again. I know. Just okay. because it's going to be like, no, that was bad compared to the last one. It's June 30th. Yeah. And now that, and so hopefully like, WWE starts taking notice of our amazing crowds. You know, you know what? We also just made it really hard for WWE because now that everyone listening to this is aware that June 30th Raws are usually awesome, yeah. WWE's got to pick it up on June 30th <laughs> yeah. for the rest of their Every the single of year. And CM, uh, no, I'm sorry, after the main event, after Cena lost that match or the main event or whatever it was, the match ended. I don't remember it was, the main event, to be honest. It was like, I was Cena and Reigns versus Orton and Kane. It was right. funny because Jackson was like, oh, the families are getting ready to leave. They got to go to bed the next yeah. you know, got to get up the next morning, all the little kitties. And I'm like, uh, you're probably not going to want to leave. Something's going to happen. Because yeah. I'm thinking, I should just leave right now. Because after AJ returned, I'm like, the, re- the show's going to end on a shitty note. And I'm going to be left pissed because all this other stuff happened. And the show is going to end with a DQ finish. And it did for the show that we went to. Every yeah. show I've ever been to for WWE has yeah. always ended in a DQ. Every can, single can one. I, can I tangent? Do we have time for a two-second tangent? Go ahead. Graham and I went to the final Raw of 2009. Oh, no. Final Raw of the decade. All right? And what was so shitty about that show was um, everything. <laughs> right? We were... We were I, was, I was higher up. This time that I was in 2009, as far as I'm surprised seats, about, we were up a long but way. We were up there. I'm talking. Final Raw of 09, by the way. Did you say that before? Yeah, Final Raw of 09. Oh, okay, okay. Um, we were up there. Yeah. And this is the Raw, if you don't remember, for those of you with bad memory, this is the Raw that they were hyping for a month. Since, like, the first day of November, <laughs> they were saying, like, oh, December 28th. John, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. John Cena, Sheamus. No, it was as soon as no, Sheamus yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheam won the title at uh, TLC 09. They had a U.S. title match tonight, too. Yeah, I know, but as soon as Sheamus won that title, they were like, oh, December 28th. Yeah, yeah. Like, they could not hype this match anymore. All right, so 
the match starts, and it's 11 o'clock when the match starts. So yeah, like, yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> and uh, the match starts, and it's like five minutes. In. Now, keep. it's kind of sad that Seamus Johnson is the biggest match we've ever seen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's a good point. But uh, <laughs> this match starts, and it's like five minutes of like, what is No, this? I'm sorry. This is after Timbaland comes out, too. Uh, yeah, drunk Timbaland. <laughs> he, he was the guest host. But, uh... This match starts in like five minutes. We're like, what is going on? Yeah. And you see, go back on YouTube. Go back Jackson on the, go back on the WWE laughing. Network. If you yeah, want. yeah, yeah. There's summer 2009. Sheamus legitimately tugs Mike Kyoto's shirt. Tugs is tugs is it. strong. He he like places his fingers on Mike. I put brush as the he right word. Brushes Mike Kyoto, and Mike Kyoto was not quit. He couldn't. Couldn't quickly enough call for the bell. It was amazing, and I was like, "How is that a DQ, Mike? <laughs> you were in the freaking way." They DQ'd Sheamus for brushing Mike Kyoto. I was so angry, and they hyped that match like they hyped it like it was the second coming of Jesus. And I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't be more mad. I, I walked home. I was like, "I'm never doing this again." Yeah, never going to another Raw again. I'm not getting tickets to another Raw in four years. It's gonna be terrible. Or five, five years five later. Years. Wow, that's amazing. What a difference. So, amazing show overall. Great show. WrestleMania is still on my list. I think on my, my three things I want to do, my yeah, the three things I think are on my bucket list, go to WrestleMania, go to a TNA show, which I was telling you about earlier today. It might be a possibility because you're coming back to Manhattan Center mm-hmm. in early, uh, here in New York, actually, in early August. And I might bring you along if I can get tickets. It's a long shot, but it's up there. And work for WWE. That's more of a golden is a that is a bucket list yeah. thing, but that's yours as well. I'm in the same boat with you, brother. Last three things we want to talk about. We're at the end of the stick here. Just like quick, like quick, quick, quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give your brief thoughts on it. Three things here. Quick thoughts off the top of your head, Batista. Your thoughts. Um, he was a terrible, uh, terrible. He, he had a terrible run this time. I didn't enjoy his work at all since he came back in January. I thought that he was booked terribly. Um, I really wish that they would go back to the drawing board when he comes back for the next time around. Sting. Um, can't wait to see him. It's been too long. He, okay, well, video game first, and then. Uh, video game. I probably won't pre-order the game, so it doesn't really matter to me. Um, and. I, I'm, I'm excited for uh, him to be back. And then last thing, or oh, I'm sorry, TNA. Uh, can, I, can I correct that? Uh, to be back. I'm excited him to be here. Uh, yeah, yeah, you won't be back. Yeah, I said the same thing about yeah, TNA. Never been. TNA, um, great creative direction. Um, it's, it's nice that they're, uh, they're ascending, even though how hard is it to ascend from a pile of crap. Uh, it's really not that hard. Uh, Better T- than anything done in the last uh, TNA has literally been the worst wrestling promotion I've ever um <laughs> ever, ever seen in my life, and that's putting it so lightly. And not the, 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 the most said, recent reboot. You're, it, what do you it, thought? it wasn't. It wasn't the greatest. They could have done a lot of things differently, but it was pretty damn good for TNA standards. And uh, I'm really. I heard we, we talked to John Soto. How you doing, John Soto? John Soto. And uh, he, uh, he shout told, out John Soto. He uh, he gave us some spoilers uh, at the Hall of Fame today. And TNA's uh, in for some big stuff. Absolutely. So that's gonna do it for our two part interview. With John Nichols. John talking, Nichols. What? John Nichols. John Nichols, baby. Talking everything from WWE Network. Sting. Shield. Taker. Everything. TNA. Brock TNA, Lesnar. Brock Lesnar ending the streak. CM Punk. We gotta have, a, we gotta have a, a part three. Absolutely. One of these days, summer. I'll hopefully see you again before the end of the summer. I don't know when this is going up. At some point within the next few weeks. But it's yeah. going up. 
this part one as part one is already up, as well as probably the John Soto interview today, <laughs> a roundtable with John Soto. Follow him on Twitter at pwhf five one eight. There you go, <laughs> good dude, right? good dude. You got it right. PW- I put one five eight when I typed it on Twitter. I'm like, did he delete his Twitter? Because I can't <laughs> find it. Five one eight pwhf five one eight. Great guy. Good dude. Awesome place. Oh my god, Amsterdam, New York. If you're ever in, I don't the care area. if you're on the other. I don't even care if you're in the area or not. I don't care if you're in California. Make, make the trip. Make the trip. Stop oh. being lazy. Get over here. It's the only Hall of Fame you'll ever and, see, and buddy. Let me, and let me just tell you, it's not. It's not gonna blow you away, but it's gonna. It's gonna be nice to if get. If you're an appreciative wrestling fan, if you've been watching for the last two weeks, and I, I, I'm not saying I, I determine how big of a fan you are, depending on how long. I mean, we've only been watching six, seven, eight years. Yeah. And we're bigger fans than people who've been watching for 10 years that, you know, sometimes watch Raw and they're like, oh, the biggest fans. Well, you don't care about the product, you know what I mean? But if you've been watching for the last two weeks, maybe you love wrestling, then you and I can bond. You never know. Exactly. I don't know. I'm not judging. I don't judge. I'm not judging like that. Exactly. But if you're only there to see a John Cena exhibit, you'll be disappointed. You will be. You if you appreciate be. wrestling, it's, you'll love it. Wrestling, of, not just WWE. Wrestling. There's a lot of there's, there's a lot of raw information there. You have to go and you have to be a sponge. You have to soak it all in. Absolutely. So I apologize that we didn't we weren't really able to get into like in depth and things like staying Batista, but you were able to give your thoughts. I gave I gave my thoughts, and you can you guys you can you can get all my thoughts on Twitter. On Twitter at, at Heal by Design. At it all goes back design. to the Twitter. Yep. All back go all goes back to that the Twitter handle. That's a Twitter Re- machine. Revamped, resurrected, repackaged, rebooted. It's at Heal by Design. Check him out on Twitter. John, I'll talk to you guys down the road. I'm Graham Jason Matthews. Signing off for John Nichols. It's me. It's me. It's HBD. Have a great night. And that's going to do it for my two-part interview with my very good friend, John Nichols. Once again, thanks to John for sitting down for me for two hours talking about everything from the WWE Network to Punk to The Undertaker Streak to The Shield, everything. Great talking to him. Here's hoping we can sit down once again before the end of the summer, crank out another two-hour interview or two-hour-plus interview. Um, look forward to that. You can follow him on Twitter at Heal by Design. You can follow me on Twitter at Russell Rant. You can check out episodes of this show every Tuesday at Russell Rant Radio at nextearwrestling.weebly.com. New episodes are up every single Tuesday. You can find me on Facebook at Graham GSM Matthews. YouTube, same thing. Bleacher Report, same thing. Also contributing work to What Culture, WWE section of the website. You can check it out every once in a while. I had two articles up there in the last week. Go check them out. But that's going to do it for Russell Rant Radio this week. I'll be back next week with an exclusive interview with a very good friend of mine, Slick Wagner Brown. We had him on the show earlier this year, the former New England Championship Wrestling uh, New England Championship Wrestling Champion um, was stripped of the championship a number of months ago after coming down with an injury. Um, so it was great to reconnect with him a few weeks ago. The in- the interview will air on next week's show. We talk about his recovery process and his thoughts on a number of things regarding NECW, the Ultimate Warrior, his idol, um, NECW, WWE, a lot of things. So it's an exclusive interview that you do not want to miss, plus a Raw review and my SummerSlam predictions for the biggest Blockbuster of the summer. It is SummerSlam. My full predictions, picks, and preview for the show next week. So once again, guys, thanks for listening live. I'll catch you next week. Graham's Jason Matthews, and we'll see you then. <laughs>